Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the home at class you wish you'd been offered. We're two moms aspiring to create gracious homes that are welcoming and functional, all while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to the Home Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. What's new in our world? No, really, what's going on? Today on The Home Hour, we're talking about what's happening right now in our world, our country, our state, our city, our town, our street, and of course, our own homes. Plus, why Kirsten's city is littered with lime-colored bicycles. Graham's city is litter-free thanks to the mysterious claw, and your passport to citizenship in Experimentville is waiting. Yeah, we're thinking about starting our own country. All that and more on this week's episode of The Home Hour. Welcome home. home, Kirsten. Welcome home, Graham. And welcome everyone to the Home Hour. We have a neat show today. We're kind of excited about it. We hope it turns out well. Kirsten and I thought it would be really fun to almost do a little bit of a, not a time capsule of our life. Think of it as a baby book for adults. We thought it would be a really interesting idea to take kind of a 30,000 foot look at what's going on kind of in the stratosphere in the world and drill it down level by level by level by level until we get into the meat of what's going on at our homes. And I actually think this will be a neat exercise. I think it's something that anyone who's listening, you might want to try for yourself. When Kirsten and I did this project, it's actually something that my son was doing in school, just trying to learn about geography and social studies and what's going on kind of on a global sphere. But it really is good as far as giving perspective to where you are, kind of what's going on around you, and thinking about how your world is reflected in a larger sphere. Kirsten, any thoughts on the matter? Yeah, you'll have to explain the baby book analogy a little bit better because I... Well, I bought a baby book, I think, once, but I never actually filled it out. So explain okay. a little right. bit what, what you mean by that. So my favorite page in every baby book, I've only done two because I have two children, is the page where they basically make you say, like, list what the hot movies are right now. List what the books are that are cool. List what's going on in the world. List how much a gallon of milk costs. You know, what does an average vehicle cost? How much does a home computer cost? I love that page. It's the only page I actually take, and probably because I like, prices and numbers and stuff like that. But <laughs> Basically, you just really care about inflation, Graham. It's not about I your do. babies. I love or it's so like true. those um it's like those birthday cards that are like the year you were born, President Roosevelt was in the office, you know? It's I, like kind no of joking. a snapshot in time. I buy those whenever I see them. I love those. Like this is what was happening on January 3rd, 1980. I could tell you almost half the things that were happening because I memorize it. That's the day I was born, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I just I love like yes, I do like inflation. And it is funny because we've actually had reverse inflation on a few types of things. Like gasoline is actually way less more expensive than when my oldest child was born. I I, I do I that. love like tracking gasoline by volume. <laughs> so the point of today... <laughs> The point of today's like, show. Is this an economics? This is the home ec class, or this is like well, I mean, economics. it's home ec to know how much. Like, I make my children figure out every time when we go to the gas station how much money we've saved. Like, we'll look at you know both sides of the street. We'll see which one is two cents cheaper, and I'm like, all right, well, we've gotten 13 gallons of gas. What have we saved? And they're like a quarter. And I say, well, that's candy money that you're not allowed to buy. Since you're not allowed to have candy. Um, there you go. So. But anyway, this is what we're going to do. Kirsten and I came up with a list, and we are going to start with 
what's going on in our world and what's going on in our state, what's going on in our city, and what's then we're going to get into what's going on in our homes. And we're going to really drill down. And I think you might actually hear some interesting stuff. And maybe people out there listening, you have some similarities or you kind of can identify with some things that are kind of top of mind to you. And right. But our, before we talk about what's going on in our states and our cities and our na- neighborhoods, I want to talk about what's going on in our pantries. Graham, our, belli- our bellies. In our bellies. <laughs> go Go deep. I think we're, yet again, sponsored by Kind Snacks, and we are thrilled. Kind Snacks are made in the United States. They're made with ingredients you can recognize and pronounce. We love them. We eat them. We eat a lot of them, obviously. They're made of high-quality, nutrient-dense whole ingredients like whole nuts and whole grains. And the snacks are kosher, in case anyone out there is interested in that fact. And we encourage anyone to sign up for the Kind Snack Club. We've been members for a while now. And Kirsten, how do you get that information if anyone wants to sign up? So you go to kindsnacks.com forward slash the home hour, kindsnacks.com slash the home hour. And by doing this, you're going to be enrolling in the Kind Snacks Club. You can get all the information there. Um, This is a monthly service where they will be delivered right to your door. And you're really, unlike Graham, who has to go hunting gas station to gas station looking for the cheapest price, you know you're getting the best price on Kind kind Snacks when you do it this way. (laughs) And again, for those of you interested in economics, who wants to try a sample box for free? All you pay is shipping and handling. If you haven't done this yet, guys, who who doesn't like free kind snacks? I'm I'm so confused. Um, so go ahead, give it a try. You get to try the sample box, which is full of flavors you might not have tried. Um, and I really liked everything in my sample box. Um, and then of course the kind snacks is another great way to just take the shopping to an easier level, having it delivered right Let's to your door at a great price. They have taken the side dish out of the lunchbox. Like all you have to do is the sandwich and the drink, and then they've provided the side dish, and it's wonderful. Or sometimes the main meal if it's a toddler, um, or or if you're a busy mom, it's it's something you really just need to have in your purse at all times. So, a hundred percent. All right. Well, let's. Thanks, get kind snacks. Thank we kind love you snacks. guys. If you haven't tried it yet, go try it. Totally. All right. I want to talk the world, Kirsten, the global big wide world. So the way we're going to begin this is I want you to tell me what in your in your mind, what's the biggest thing going on right here, right now in our world that kind of is piquing your interest? Um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. That's a I got nothing. I have to say it's really funny. Like I have I have had enough news in my life to last me a lifetime. I really have. And yeah. I used to be like a news junkie. I worked in the news industry. I mean, I watched the news wires. I could, I would go to sleep at 11 watching the news and I would wake up and like, you know, out of still closed eyes, grab my remote to see, uh, were there any developments over, over the night while I was asleep? I mean, I used to be just absolutely hooked on news and, you know, we're going to get into our homes later, but what has happened is our TV situation has changed dramatically. Um, So I don't, I don't watch as much TV anymore. We don't have a TV in our bedroom anymore. Um, So I have to watch with my kids. And you watch different things when you know your kids are listening. And I used to listen to a lot of news radio. And now I listen to podcasts and audiobooks. So I don't get as much news that way. Um, So I'm like very uneducated on what's going on in the world. And you know what? Like I'm fine. I'm totally fine with it. And maybe that's awful and irresponsible. And maybe it's just a season that I'm in. But um it's hard. It is hard. Well, especially like know. you can't turn, you really, for the most part, can't turn on the world news around children, around right, young children. Right. And that's the thing. But I remember growing up, it was on. There was no question. I, I 
we watched it every night. We sat around and watched like the six o'clock world news. Um, and maybe it's just because my children are still a little bit too young, but there's no way because I would just be explaining more than I feel like explaining right now or opening them up to more than I want to. And again, I think it's probably just a season of life because right. I'm a news junkie. And you're right. When we talk about like the day you were born, I was born in the middle of Iran-Contra. And I remember my, my mom always talks about how she would like have me in my baby seat and being ex- explaining like Iran-Contra and like how it was going to work and the hostage situation. And I'm like, why were you telling that to a newborn? She's like, I just really wanted you to be informed. So we would do like world event flashcards. She was a little crazy when I was born, yeah, I think. But. I, maybe, maybe we both had news junkie parents because I remember telling my parents telling me like Carter really negotiated that deal, but Reagan got all the press the credit for it. Anyway, <laughs> this really doesn't have much to do with today. So, so back to So Graham, the what's going on in hand. the world today? I warned you. I'm like, do we have to do world? I'm not going to have a good answer. What's your well, answer? Well, see, for me, I'll try to read the newspaper as much as possible. I love old school newspapers. Um, but I did, I'm greatly affected by what's happening in South Africa for some reason. There's many, they're bigger things. I get it. But in case anyone's not familiar, South Africa, specifically Cape Town, is in a massive drought right now. So much so that they are poised and they have a day zero. And day zero, I think, is scheduled right now for May 11th. I don't know if they've changed it based on rainfall. But that is the day in Cape Town that they will turn off the taps. Like there will be no water. And I am I read any article I can find on it. I've been thinking about it. My children are thinking about it. They that's what we talk about at the dinner table. So that has definitely been um something that just I mean, could you imagine? Just not no, having no. water in your home, right? And I, it's funny because we had a drought here in Alabama maybe about a year ago, and it got scary here. You People kind of start when there's no rain walking around with, like, the crazy eyes. Like, because there's nothing you can do and you feel very helpless. And I remember, I mean, we were we were really, really running low. Like, things were starting to go left and right. Like, the car washes were shut down. I mean, I know California, and we have a lot of listeners in California, um, they're still in a drought right now. It's a pretty serious drought, actually. Um, you know, water's a big deal, and we a lot of us take it for extreme granted. Um no, so you're right. And as you're saying that, I'm I'm like, Kirsten, you gotta you gotta be a grown up again. You gotta go you gotta go back to the news. But you know, I also read all these um I've read a lot of books that have said smart, successful, happy people do not watch the news. And I don't know I don't know what that means. Like, can you just live in ignorance of things? Like that's probably not the right answer. But there is a sense of hopelessness because what can you do about South Africa? You know what I mean? It's it's a very it's a right. We cannot well, physically make the rain come. But right, then there's and, other people who are listening who are saying, well, obviously, maybe global warming and climate change has to do with it. So, you know, there are ways that we can, you know, try to help. Um, I know I, that's why I like debating the news. It's interesting. Well, this is also what you and I were talking about is is we were talking about this show is we all live in all these different spheres. Right. So you are you are still right. a part of this world where people are in a drought and you are also part of the world that is going to have what's going on in your house, what's going on in your street, you know, and, and you have to live in all these spheres and you can't stop functioning in one. But then there are yeah. seasons where you're more prone. Right. To when sometimes it's acting. the healthiest thing just to turn it off and right. not be a part of it. That's why I have to say I give a lot of credit to the skim. I actually do have the answer for being an educated consumer of You're totally educated right. part of the world. What you need to do, I really believe this, is get a newspaper. I love old school newspapers. Get something or the skim or whatever. Read that in the morning. At the end of the day, read something else just to see how things have developed and like capiche. That's all you need. You don't need you don't need any more than that. You're right. Um, I don't know why I haven't done the skim yet because you're like the 800th person that's told me the skim is amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, New York Times now does it. I mean, a lot of people do, or Washington Post has one too. I mean, it's just, you basically need a synopsis. I mean, technically, it's like what the Wall Street Journal has been doing for years, where they just do the left-hand side. And if you just read down the left-hand column of the front page, like you're pretty much up to speed and can carry on a conversation. I remember, this is great. Sorry, and we'll we'll get off the world. Kirsten and I said we, we were only going to talk about the world for like 20 seconds. But when I lived in Washington for so long, they said, if you want to be successful in D.C., all you have to do is read The Atlantic and Us Weekly. And you're like, good to go. <laughs> So and it it actually was a thousand percent true. That was all you needed. You just read those two things and you you could go to any room, anywhere, anytime and just rule the room. Hilarious. Okay. All right. Renew my subscriptions to both those magazines. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Okay. Country. You kick it off since you said nothing about the world. Since I brought nothing to the table. Um, I think obviously right now we tape about two weeks in advance. So right now we're I think it's I think it's school shootings. I think that's kind of captivated um, the national conversation. Yeah, And it's horrific and horrible and sad. And just like you said, you you just your heart goes out to everyone. But you also, um, you know. It's not something, for example, that's interesting. I don't turn it on for my children because even though they do the drills at school, they do the lockdown drills. You know, I'm sure every country, every city and town is doing these drills. I still just, I mean, again, it's, I think it's the age of your children, right? I mean, we're, we're at a pretty vulnerable age right now. If my children were older, I'm sure we'd be having a lot more robust conversation about it. Um, But hopefully... There'll be some thoughtful changes that come. Oh, you mean robust conversations within your family about it? Yeah, within my family. Right. Well, because Mm -hmm. I I don't feel like they're appropriately aged to turn on the news to show them the pictures, Um, you know, even though that I would like to to kind of keep up to date and stay up with it. um, I I don't turn on the news at night. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. And I also think, you know, it's one of those things like we're. You know, you and I were talking this weekend and I was in um, a car accident this weekend and I'm fine. But it was just it was one of those situations where when you have, you know, anytime you're in an accident, it's the same cliched thing. Right. Everyone says it's just always one of those moments where you realize, again, so cliched, but like life can change in an instant. And what you think you just stop and you start saying, like, well, should I ever get in a car again? And, you know, should you know. What, what are we thinking? Like, are we all crazy people taking this into, you know, getting in cars all the time? You know, you just, it's like your whole perspective just suddenly shifts and there's this like new, you're looking at everything through a different lens all of a sudden. Um, and I feel like our whole country kind of is a little bit like that right now. You know what I mean? I think we're oh, all walking yeah. around a little bit, you know, just, just shocked. Well, know? I think Kirsten and I, we had, so, okay, I'm throwing it out there. Our idea for a television show, which I think is genius. You know, everyone wants a solution. Everyone wants no, an no, answer. No, no, this is not a television show. This is a government situation. <laughs> Kirsten wants this to, to happen in real life. So our idea that we've come up with is an experiment zone where basically everyone, there's going to be a group of people, a large group of people. We don't know where we'll put them. Maybe Wyoming, Montana. Wait, well, why are you throwing room. Wyoming and Montana under the bus? There, we just people need, there are like, need... do not take our state. We like we like it. <laughs> well, it'll have a little bit of the Atlas Shrugged kind of mentality where they, what they, were, they were in Colorado, where, you know, you had everyone just kind of confined to this utopian section. But what we do is we get a mass group of people. And we have them live in a town, maybe like a city. And then what we do is Experimentville. 
experiment them. <laughs> we try all of our ideas, right? Like we try our ideas for improving the education system. We and try we try our ideas for um, improving gun control. We we try our climate change ideas. We just try it out. And these people have to be very open to change because every day we're going to or you know, all the time we're going to be introducing new things. And we just use it as a testing ground to see what will work and what will stick and if we can ever actually solve one of these problems. We'll let you know. Just... We'll let you know the results from Experiment Bill. <laughs> Seriously, um, maybe we should start another podcast, Graham, and have just one on like a safe zone of political discussions where we can say the craziest ideas and no one will quote you. No one will say that was the dumbest idea because we know a lot of the ideas are going to be dumb, but there's no bad ideas in Experiment Bill. Like we right. got to try everything. You try Let's everything in Experiment Put politics aside. It's, it's almost like... Like the mayor could be the guy who wrote Freakonomics because like you can say any crazy thing you want in Experimentville because we're just right. trying to find the right answers in Experimentville. Right. I love it. I think it would actually be a great television We might show. need to think this through a little bit more. We, but we yeah, really I do... need to drill down on this. And we need, well, <laughs> I think you really started going off the rails when I said, well, who will live in Experimentville? And Kirsten said, well, maybe we could get prisoners who haven't <laughs> served all their time. And I thought, now we're cooking with gas. <laughs> The new Australia experimental. Okay. So our first our first thing will be recidivism rates. Um, all right. We are really digressing. Okay. okay. There's a lot of exciting stuff. I told you we should Alabama. have started at what's going on in our city, but go ahead, G. Yeah, she did not want to do world or um, or country, but I thought oh, it was. Oh, wait. Did you have an answer or did I just give the right answer and we can move along? Oh, for the country? Um Yes, I think you pretty much nailed it. That's okay. I think I would say that's pretty much the topic. I'm just going to throw in that today I saw gasoline for two dollars and twelve cents. You and the gasoline um, again. You no, I'm just going to like throw in a few things. And I actually was just at the grocery store, and a price of a gallon of non-organic milk was three dollars and forty-nine cents at my gas station at my supermarket. So and it costs organic- more. Milk is more gallon than oil. Isn't that interesting? That is oil. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Should or actually, an organic milk. Oil? Organic milk is pretty much five ninety nine wherever I shop. Um, okay, now and your kids drink a ton on? of milk, so that matters to you. Yeah, we do. We drink three gallons of milk a week. Oh, so um, weird okay, milk consumption. State. What is going on in your state, city slash town? Like, I mean, that sounds kind of crazy because states are big. Again, if you lived in a state like New York State, which I know many listeners do, that could be a vastly different question because like right. Manhattan is different than Albany um but Alabama right. but you and I both live in like kind of the the, the largest city in our state we kind of live in right. the main center of uh like the capital of our state is actually is Birmingham the capital or is it one of those states where it's the Monta- capital's it's, unexpected it's, it's an unexpected Unexpe- capital. A sleeper yes. capital. It's a sleeper capital like Tallahassee. Um yes we are actually Montgomery is our capital which is unfortunate um, <laughs> I'm sorry to all of our listeners in Montgomery, Alabama. I don't know what Graham has against you guys. I think you're no, lovely people. Okay, lo- lovely city. Um, okay, so but, what's going on in Birmingham, Alabama? G. There's, you know, what it is. I think hopefully to bring a little good news after the wah wah wah. We've I told been you we should have started here. And you know, it's good stuff because I feel so. If for anyone who's following the news, um, we have a new senator who was elected, and that's Doug Jones. And I think that nationally, that sent hopefully a message that the people of Alabama cannot fully be judged and are not completely predictable. And I just think, in general, for again, who am I to quote? the mood of the state. But there's been a lot of development, investment. I mean, things are buzzing. People are building. We're having a lot of kind of economic redevelopment. That's a good feeling because I remember kind of after the economic crisis, you had this kind of, you know, it was just such a 
down feeling um, really everywhere, but especially some areas in the South got hit really hard. And it was just like the sky was falling. And it is so nice to see cranes everywhere and people out, you know, planting things and new public spaces being developed and restaurants opening and people saying like, "Ooh, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Like, what's the new restaurant? I love I love when people act like that. You know, every home seems to have a little bit of construction. People are fixing things up. Like, I just like that energy. So, I mean, I'd say that's really what's going on in, I, I don't want to speak for the entire state, but. Um, Go ahead, Jace. They, they want yeah. you to speak for them. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's just good. Like, things are buzzing in Alabama. Things are moving. Okay. okay. And also, it's, it's about to be spring, and that's always a good time. Before the, before the tornadoes come. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama's officially shut you down as their spokeswoman. You're yeah. knocking Montgomery in. Talking about the tornadoes. Um, okay, well, in Phoenix, Arizona, think things are good from sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Um, this is sort of our time to shine. Like this, no, no gosh, no pun intended. <laughs> I love accidental puns. Um, but yeah, no, this is like when Arizona is is awesome. And you know, it's a really boring conversation if you're talking about the weather, but like you kind of can't not talk about the weather. Oh, right. Because- oh, you're getting all this. You're getting all my people. You're getting my, my people, my New it Yorkers. Is, we used it to, is that's tourist when I went. season. And you know what yeah. just started last weekend here? Mm-hmm. Spring training. And oh. spring training is just the fun season because all these baseball teams come out here for spring training. And you can go to spring training games. And if you haven't been to spring training game ever in your life, it's a really fun experience because it's a lot. The stadiums are a lot smaller than at a major league game, but it's, you know, major league teams. And it's just you're like so up close and personal and the weather's great and um Wait, like, like with the real teams or with the farm teams no the real team i well i I, don't, I think it's the real teams right yeah i guess i don't know I, <laughs> it's, your, it's your city <laughs> i'm assuming it's the real team i'm assuming it's the real i mean they need to train right spring training um but it's just it's really fun and the kids love to go and they bring their mitts and they catch balls and you like we actually you catch a ball every game i mean just because you're so close um so wait, we the, can, the real live mets will be there and yeah the mets playing games i think the mets play here we go to we go to the giants spring training because that's the one we can bike to which is really oh. fun that we can bike to the stadium. I think the so. Giants is football, Kirsten. No, San Francisco Giants, I promise. Oh, okay. I know okay, nothing about sports, but give me like a little. So, okay. yeah. Got it. Um, but anyhow, that's really fun. So spring training is just a fun vibe in the air. And there's people like, you know, on a Wednesday at 2 o'clock, you'll drive down Scottsdale Road and there is just every restaurant porch is filled with people. Everyone's having lunch and driving around on golf carts. Like people use golf carts here like their cars. So it's just, it's this fun sort of spring atmosphere because yes, like your tornadoes are coming. We know our heat is coming. So it's a really lovely time in Phoenix. Um, But something that I think is really interesting, and I asked you when when this happened, and we'll put put pictures of this in the show notes because this is really interesting, or at least I think it is. So one night... We went to bed and you wake up in the morning and literally the streets are just littered in lime and yellow bicycles. They are everywhere. Have you, you, have you, I don't think, I think we've talked about this and I do not think this has come to Birmingham yet. It has not. Okay. So here's the deal. They're called, well, the company, one of the companies here is Lime Bike. And um, okay. So basically they're these bicycles and you download an app and you can like use your phone. I haven't used one yet because I have a bicycle, but you can use your phone to unlock the bike and then you can ride it and it just charges you by, I don't know, the 50 minute, the half an hour, whatever to your app. Um, and then when you're done, you just leave it. 
You just ditch it? You just ditch the bike, which is also that is really- That is never going to last. What the heck? <laughs> what the heck? So there's just bikes all over? There like- I, no, no, no. Like, getting away with that. You think I'm kidding? Like, there must be six bikes on my street right now. And people are starting to be, like, really annoyed. At first, it was sort of charming. And now it's kind of like, why Why is there another bike in front of, you Wait, know, whatever? hold on. You literally can ditch it pretty much anywhere because it has a GPS tracker on because it. Because it has a GPS tracker. So then if I wake up and I say, huh, I'm in the mood to bike somewhere, I can just pull up on my app and it'll tell me where the next bike, the closest bike is. But it's not like a bike station. It's just no. It's not a station. It's just like leave your bike wherever, which is, which is both amazing because it's like it doesn't really help you if you have to go to the station to get your bike because, you know, that's a pain. But at the same time, there are people are really annoyed because you know your neighbor decides to go to a bar and bike home, which is great, but then they leave their bike in front of their you know, residential street and like how many weeks till someone happens to need a bike on that street. So what happens is you end up having bikes sort of spewing about the city. So this sounds like something for Experimentville. This is, this is the official transportation of Experimentville. I think someone is experimenting with your town, but it's like a real town. This is it's a bad a idea. Town. This would not fly in Experimentville. <laughs> the mayor would have shut this down. This is a bad idea. Yeah. But so, well, our mayor has not shut this down. So it's it's funny, but uh, I'm going to link to this. But it's a new thing. I mean, this is not the first city they've done this. And they did this in um, some cities in California. They've done it in... Oh, I can Um, tell you this. This would never fly in Long Island. (laughs) We have such strict rules. Like, you're not allowed to put up signs in your yard. My dad had gotten, like, actually, his. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but let's just say somebody threw a Molotov cocktail at his car once because he complained that their basketball hoop was too close to the street. Um, And they found out it was him because they were in defiance of their setback laws. I mean, these are real stories. So that bicycle stuff would not fly where I live. Um, well, I not everyone's on we... board, but it's very it's a very interesting thing. And, and you do see the benefits. Like, it's very cool that the weather here is great. People love to bike. Um, there are a lot of people who come in for, you know, the tourist season, this, this great summer in the middle of winter season that we have. And so when you see them in front of all these all these hotels that are close to the ballpark or close to shopping or close to a fun resort or a spa or whatever, that's really cool. And that like makes sense to me. You know, how great would it be if you were on vacation and your hotel just had all these bikes out in the parking lot and you could just jump on one and ride it to lunch? You know, when you came to visit me, we biked down to the mall, we biked to a restaurant, you know, like that's really fun, but um, it is, it is not a perfect situation. But yeah, you live in some sort of weird utopia, right? Like it rains here a lot, you know, or how about all the stuff? Like I usually am carrying library books to and from my car, children's book bags. Like, are there baskets on these bikes? Is there any way to carry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's baskets. What do I do when I come home from Costco? Like, how does my Costco run fit into my bicycle? Right. Well, I assume it's probably worn out their target market is moms with like diaper bags and Costco bags. Like, I don't think that's who they're going after. I think it's like tourists. I think it's college kids. I think it's people who, you know, um, go out to loose and fancy free. Those who are those who are probably watching the news. Yeah, it's not Those people, people. Who, who are like, I want to be informed citizens, but I have children. Yeah, it's not. We're not. We're not their target market. Right. Those people who are out taking care of their planet and educating themselves. Yeah, not yeah. us moms. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, I have my Kind Bar shipped right to my door, so I don't need to worry about transporting all those boxes of Kind Bars. That is amazing. Okay, I actually think, speaking of Kind Bars, it's time we stop. We have another sponsor, and we are so excited because this is a new sponsor for us. We have partnered with Princeton Review. 
Yes, we do have the Princeton Review. So obviously, we all remember the Princeton Review from when we were in high school and and getting ready to study for those SATs. But they are back with this very, very interesting concept, Princeton Review's Homework Help, which is on-demand tutoring. Oh my goodness, it is the coolest concept. Graham and I both got the chance to try it and to poke around on their website. And I just, I thought it was really neat, Graham. Yeah, it's a lifesaver for busy parents. Um, Basically what happens is you go into Princeton Review and if your child is relatively school-aged, let's say fifth grade and up, they'll be matched with a tutor, a live tutor in less than a minute, like less than 60 seconds. So anytime, anywhere, if your child needs help with homework or any kind of problem they're struggling with, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they will be matched with someone who can help. And they have over 50 subjects that they cover. my, while my son, my second grader is a little bit kind of out of the wheelhouse of tutoring because he's only in second grade, I was actually thinking about it when I was playing around on the site um, for the the new way that they teach math. And I don't know if you, if your kids are doing this, Kirsten, but oh my gosh, we doing, can't. We I cannot help him with his math homework and right, like new math. I I don't know how to teach new math because I have not been taught new math. Right, right. Um. And so I thought that that would be a real, you know, like if your child comes to you and basically says, I'm having, I'm struggling with this, rather than you as the parent spending all this time trying to like get yourself, although that's probably a nice thing to do, but spending all this time getting yourself. Uh, I don't know. That's not, that's not where we're going to have our quality time. I've realized that that is not, that is not where I shine as a mom is helping my children with homework. It it really, sometimes it's, I've actually had friends who were teachers tell me. Get a tutor. <laughs> yeah. And basically, they've had great success. Like 96% of their students who use the service reported improved grades. Um, they're also a little more confident, and they usually tend to complete their homework a little bit better. And so this is something that we encourage everyone to give a try. And of course, we have a special offer today for anyone who would like to give it a try. It's actually a great one. It's 60 minutes of on-demand tutoring. That's for free for listeners of the podcast. So all you have to do is go to princetonreview.com forward slash the home hour. That's princetonreview.com forward slash the home hour to start your free trial. And we just want to let you know that Princeton Review, in case you're not familiar, is in no way affiliated affiliated with Princeton University. Yep. All right. Go give that a try. Um, I really think it's a it's a great service. This there was on-demand tutors available again in less than a minute, or you can schedule um, sessions on the on the site. It's just it's really neat. It's worth definitely checking out especially if you've been looking for a tutor but aren't really where no aren't really sure where to start. This is a name that's been around forever and you can trust them and uh, definitely give it a try especially with this with this offer. No brainer. So thank you so much Princeton Review. Thank you. All right, let's get back to our I think I missed something for my city and town. We're doing something really cool here. Your Arizona stuff made me think of that. Um we're doing this neat thing in Mountain Brook called I8 Mountain Brook. And basically, you were telling is, me about this. This is cool. It is. It's kind of neat. Yeah, the it's the mayor's idea. I think we have a list of like there's maybe forty two. That might not be a hundred percent right, but it's like forty <laughs> just odd. Just make it up, G. Just make it up. Just make it up. There's no facts here. No fact checking. Um, it's a podcast. Why not? Um, forty odd restaurants. And basically, what you do is they've partnered with just kind of really neat group. So there's a huge prize at the end. And all you do is you go and if you can check off that you've eaten at every restaurant within the Mountain Brook City limits, you get this big prize um, or you ha- you're you entered into a drawing to win a big prize. And it's really fun. You just take a picture and put your hashtag up and say that you've actually been to the restaurant. And it's just kind of a neat thing to get you out, maybe try a new spot you haven't 
eaten at. I think it's, you know, it's kind of a fun personal challenge for your family. I mean, you don't have to have like a big meal. You don't have to have proof of receipt. Um, it's just kind of you go there. <laughs> so, yeah. I, you liar. You did not eat Mountain I, Brook. I, <laughs> I do find the name to be slightly unfortunate, but nevertheless. I, I, love, I love that you, you don't have to have proof that you ate there. You don't. You don't. What does the winner get, Graham? What does the winner get? Oh, oh the winner, like over $1,600 in prizes. It is oh worth it. Gosh. And I'm telling you, like low-hanging fruit. I don't think a lot of people are going to get to completing it, <laughs> but I hope they do because it's a good idea. Sorry, I mean, did you, you know. say that? I was, I was zoning out thinking about how many good restaurants you have in Mount Brook. I would eat Mount Brook. Mm. You, guys have, you guys have some <laughs> awesome restaurants there. Okay. I like that idea. We- That's actually nice. And you know what? That also, I get in a rut of the restaurants we eat at. So Right. It gets you out. It gets you trying something new. Like it's that. like a fun family challenge. Uh-huh. I like that. All right. Next. So Let's we've go- gone. Let's go into our houses. Wait, no. Right. Our street in our neighborhood. Oh, okay. Or was you that your first? street in your neighborhood? Well, that was kind of my neighborhood or my street. But no, no, no. I'll tell you what's going on in my street. Two things. It's snake season. Um, and so <laughs> that's... <laughs> Stop laughing. Um, it's a big deal. When I do love Alabama, are... but you don't really present it in the best light. Once you see the snakes, you know the tornadoes are on their way. It's a big deal. Like the snakes start popping out. You have to tell your children, like, don't go into the brush. Like, just stay out. Like, just stay on the grass. Um, yeah, that we have copperheads, and so you have to be really, really careful. And like, kids will get bitten, um, but. Predominantly not, if you know how to be careful. But yeah, it's snake season, so that's exciting. And um, <laughs> that is exciting. <laughs> okay. Well, another thing that I thought I would share is there is no city, I will double down on this, like double toucan, double down, that has better trash cleanup than the city of Mountain Brook. So basically, we have this thing that is affectionately known as the claw. And the claw like rumbles around the streets of Mountain Brook and they will. <laughs> It comes once a week. I mean, honestly, this I love that so it's affectionately known as the claw. That's adorable. Everyone loves the claw. So let me just tell you what I was able to put out, like which which is in stark contrast to when I was in Washington, D.C., where I had to get like a city permit if I wanted to throw out an old container of Windex. You know, and basically, I think in D.C., they would go through my trash cans and whatever they didn't like or felt like not taking, they just throw it back at my front door. <laughs> they were it was the meanest garbage collection ever. Conversely, in Mountain Brook, they'll take anything, anything. Like you have some old titanium running around, just put it out on your curb. I put out a full 18-foot trampoline the other day. Like Harrison and I carried it down to the end of the driveway. We put out a a, a giant trampoline. The claw came down. I think the claw was in Hunger Games, right? right. When the body (laughs) dies. It is no joke. I'm not kidding you. It is like that. Like on the same um, day, somebody had out like mattresses. We had like a giant knock hockey set out. Like the claw mysteriously just sucks up anything. (laughs) Paint cans. It doesn't matter. Like you just put it out and it just goes (sighs) bye-bye. Wow, I love Mount Brook. It's one of the greatest city services you've ever had in your entire life. Anything goes. That should be their tagline. Anything goes. (laughs) The claw. Anything goes. (laughs) Anything goes. (laughs) Um, Can we definitely have the claw in Experimentville? Oh, the claw definitely needs to happen. It's wonderful because it makes you so happy. I like that. There's a place for everything everything in its place. 
I, I understand what you're saying because I have a lot of trash stress. Like if you're out of town and your trip doesn't coincide with your trash delivery and then you're wondering when we go to extra trash, you have a party, like or or yes, you've got something to deposit or to deposit to um discard that you know, right, like you think know is an not... old sofa. Like right. I don't know what to do with an old sofa. Put it on the curb. Right. No, I, I do love. Is that like a is that a thing? Like because we have something here called bulk trash pickup where four times a year you can like just put anything on the curb. And ah, as long as it's you know, they will only take the size of a large SUV. Like that's the only restriction. It's like <laughs> it can't be bigger than a Suburban. Like that's... Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But see, that's the thing. You only get it four times a year. This is like a weekly service. Oh, the clock comes all the time? All the time. The claw oh, is just constantly wow. roving the streets. It is the greatest thing known to man. That um, is amazing. It. Oh, yeah. wow. I do like that service. Yeah. yeah. And I like to imagine that there's someone thoughtfully sorting the stuff out and like putting it in an environmentally yeah. friendly way rather than um, the paint cans that I've just put out filled with kitty litter. Well, it does get confusing, too. And I'll, like, hold on to, like, a light bulb or a battery or something. Like, you know those batteries that come in, like, the Jeep Power Wheels? I'm like, I don't think this can go in the trash. But then I just sort of, like, have it in my garage for two years. And then, like, one day I'll bring it to Lowe's and be like, do you know what I do with this? You know, like, there's a lot of confusion and I want to be a good citizen because I'm not watching the news, so I should do something. You know, but I don't know what to do. I don't know. And that's my other question. Really, how many for this is a question I've had for a long time. I'm just going to ask you. How many pharmaceuticals are people really flushing down the toilet? Because I feel like you always hear on the news that, like, the water is tainted with, like, all these pharmaceuticals. I've never once flushed pills down my toilet. Or is that what people are just doing all day? Why would you do that? I don't understand. I don't know. Apparently, it's a big thing. Like, people are always saying there's all this, like, medicine in our water um, from people flushing things down the toilet. Why would you just throw them away? Yo no say. I don't know. I, I've never done it, but I feel like you've never heard this before. I think the only time you ever throw pills down a toilet is when you're in a movie and <laughs> your lover is a drug addict and you say, I've had enough. And you just flush them down the toilet. Like that's the that's the only time I can imagine. I don't know. Maybe there's a reason and we're missing it. Mm-hmm. You should maybe take maybe. them to Lowe's and ask them what to do with the pills. Okay. Uh, um. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Thank you, Graham. Um. <laughs> Okay, wait, sorry. I was going to tell you a whole another story about my friend who had to get rid of satya tile and didn't want to pay for a dumpster. So she just took three satya tile out a day to the what's trash. A, what's a satya tile? There are those super thick, they kind of have like a Spanish look to them, like a oh, Mexican, yes, kind yes, of a yes, Santa yes. Barbara architecture. Okay. Um, anyway, they're, they're sort of that Santa Barbara-y kind of... It was yeah, big. let's be honest. I'm sure a lot of people like do that where they slowly like hide things in trash and slowly try to get rid of it. Yeah. Well, if the garbage man came and knocked on her door and is like, this trash weighs 800 pounds. What's in here? And she said that she would just hid, hid under the couch till they left. At least you didn't live in D.C. They'd come smashing up against her front door. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. We, you know what? Actually, let's put this in the show and um, our on our personal notes. Can we have a whole episode about trash? Although we may have covered about half of it, but um, oh, I could talk trash all day long. I'm obsessed. <laughs> you didn't catch my. Pun. I did. I did. I was letting it. I was just ignoring it. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Um, all right. So my street. This is very exciting news. There is. I live in a I live in a neighborhood. I live in a residential neighborhood. Yet I live just a little bit away from a restaurant that was a cute little restaurant. Like you can walk there. It's maybe four houses away, and it's tucked in the middle of a residential neighborhood. 
but it's been closed for a model for mm. nine months. And we went out of town last weekend and we came home and guess what? It was a new fun restaurant. It's open. It's open. That's your news? I was, I don't know. I thought it'd be something more exciting. Like it was, That is so exciting. It was really like a crack house that had been condemned. No, or it's open. And I'm so excited because I think my kids are at the age now where I could leave them oh, to go yeah. for like, maybe not even dinner, maybe just like a quick, like one drink like what and type? call seven times just, during the, just the drink. Just leave your but, kids so you can go get a quick drink. Genius. No, like yeah, with my it. husband, like a little date night. Yes. You know what I mean? I think we're at the point where we could do that. I don't think I've ever seen this fun restaurant near your house. Um, Well, it's probably was close for a model, but that's exciting. Like I I do feel, you know, because I think I think what I'm really realizing about leaving kids home alone is it's not like you wake up one day and you're like, okay, now you can babysit. You know, I think you start off with very, very small things. And that's what we've been doing. That's a very that's a very good point. You're right. There's these little training moments. I totally agree. Right. Like, like I'll go, I'll take my walking up and down the street. Yes, exactly. So I, I will take my seven year old to the park, which is a block away just to drop him off at practice. And my 10 year old will be home with his gizmo so he can call me, you know, and I'll call him twice while, you know, OK, I'm at the park now. I'm coming home. And this is literally like a 10 minute step away um you know now I only call him once and you know I probably won't need to call him but it's like I think that's how you build into staying home alone is it's very small little steps like that but I feel like we're not so far off from like you guys are here um you know like our neighbor who literally lives across the street like if you stand at our front door you can yell real loud and she can hear you uh she had a party and we left the, the kids home alone um you know, we we set our clocks and came back, just walked across the street every 20 minutes or so and said, hey, you guys still good? And like, yeah. And they watched a movie for an hour. We went over there for a quick hour for the to the party and, you know, checked on them six times. But still, it was, you yeah, know, this is how you don't start you get these so intoxicated, those little bits of kind of parental freedom that are starting oh. to show themselves? I mean, it is amazing. And, you know, I think it I meant think a that's... lot to them, too, that they oh, yeah. that they kind of felt like, yeah, like. We, you know, we're, we got this. Like, we're watching a movie. We're not scared. If we know, if we need you, we'll just call you. And of course, I wouldn't do this if they didn't have phones and if we of weren't course, across the street yeah. and we set the alarm. And it's, you know, it, but it's basically, uh, it's just sort of interesting to watch your children grow into that next stage. It really is, especially I've seen kids my son's age starting to ride bicycles um, around and which some of our streets nearby are a little bit busy and it's kind of fun to watch how you know certain kids are allowed to ride more places than others you know and how you just kind of grow into it and change all right but let's stay on track we did our world our country our state city town street neighborhood let's talk about what's going on in our we're going to do our houses and then our rooms and then ourselves and okay then we house goji um, well, I need to get you off the airwaves because I am going on a romantic vacation with my husband in a few hours, and we haven't done that in a year. So I need to go pack and get ready. That's what's going on in my house. I'm actually I'm preparing my house for my mother-in-law who's coming to watch my children for a few days, which is delightful. Okay, wait. Um, so quick question. You live in the same town as your mother-in-law. Do you bring mm-hmm. the kids to her house, or does she come stay at your house? She's so good. Well, if it was the weekend, they'd probably stay over at hers. But because it's the week and, you know, they go to school early in the morning, that kind of thing, she'll sleep at our house. You know, so I'm making sure that the beds are changed, you know, that it's the house is clean, you know, all the food is stocked, that kind of stuff. So um, just, you know, doing those little things to hopefully make it comfortable for while she's here. Oh, that's nice. You know, like changing the cat's litter box, things along those lines so that, you know, it's just easy. Got it. Yeah, that's it. Um, so in my house, I am debating painting my living room. 
And my living room has just white walls and it has white walls and it has lots of doors in it. It's a really glassy room. Your husband won't like it because it's like a glass box. A There's glass lots box. of windows, um, like but it. it's a little bit boring. And so I want to paint it. But here's the thing. I don't really want to paint it. I want to lacquer the walls. Mm. Yeah. You but then I read this article and it said, <laughs> it said, if you have, if you even know what the word budget means, you can't afford to lacquer your walls. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very, well, because it's very, um, not, it's I not did, really resistant to any kind of anything. Lacquer? Yeah, like if anything touches it, you're just done. I mean, oh, really? See, I thought it would be super resistant. They just said it was like a, you know, 18-step process where between each process you have to... Anyway, so it said you can probably achieve the look you're going for with a super, super high gloss. So I don't know, maybe I'll just do a high gloss, but I'm like ready yeah. for some color in there. I'm, I'm really sick of the white. Of color. Yeah, it's just, it's more like the high gloss if it just, it dings a little bit easier. It's not as durable as the matte. That's why people don't do it as often. It's gorgeous. It's stunning. And actually, I know that room for you. It'll be fine because your kids don't really go in there that much. It's kind of an off room. So you'd probably get away with it really well. It's just you don't want to do like super high gloss in high traffic areas because it doesn't doesn't hold up well. Wait, are you sure about that? Because high gloss is easier to clean. Mm, yeah, but it's more like. Like that's why you gets- do high gloss. That's why you do a gloss here in the bathroom, right? Yeah, but cleaning is different than like wear and tear. What I'm saying is you don't necessarily like want to do high gloss, high, high, high gloss kitchen cabinets because they get dinged a little more because they're more used. Okay, I think we need to shut down this conversation and do another note next to after the trash episode. Let's bring on a painting expert because I would like to we get to the root of these things. Because there's a yeah. lot, especially. And I want to talk about what we um, what um, Rachel Gurley um, told us about wallpapering and like wallpapering ceilings. Okay, let's do let's do a ceilings and wall episode. Put that in the yeah. put that in the notes, Graham. Like yes, you're my ma'am. producer. Make a note I of that. Right G. On it. I'm right okay. on it. Right on I it. I like that. Okay, room. What's going on in your bedroom? Yeah. So that was just we chose the same room. I thought that was interesting because here's what um here's why I think this kind of makes things come full circle. We have a leak in our floor because basically our bedroom is right outside. There's some rock right outside and the, it's been very rainy here. And it's actually come up through the floor and come up through the carpet. And so we have like wet patches on the carpet. And I don't know about anyone else out there, but sometimes as a homeowner, you just don't know who to call and what to do, right? Like, I don't know if it's coming in through the windows, if it's coming through through the concrete slab, like how to properly fix it and how to not get duped in the fixing process. But then it also made me think about South Africa again, because here I am like, Really, you know, like I'm in my bedroom and it kind of smells a little because I've got to fix this and I've got this problem. And then I'm thinking about people all the way across the world right now who would be just thrilled if they had the same problem that I had right now with too much water in their bedroom. Um, And I know that sounds silly, but I actually was thinking about that. Well, because it's just like what we were talking about earlier. You have to still function and like you can't say, well, compared to South Africa, my silly leak problem is stupid because like you have to fix your leak. You know what I mean? You can't have your bedroom flood. That wouldn't be smart. And it'll get worse if you don't if you don't address it. And you've got to call somebody before there. You get a mold issue and then, you you know, so you've still got to like function in your daily life. But it does feel like when people say, oh, first world problems, it's like, yeah, like that is, you know, the perspective Right. It's so silly, but I got to take care of this. You got to take care of it. I have a wet carpet in my bedroom that's probably a foundational issue. But then at the same point in time, the taps are going off in Cape Town in three week, three months. Right. Right. So what does one do? We march on. We soldier on. All right. Your bedroom? My bedroom? Um, yeah. Okay. So again, with <laughs> very minor problems, but um, 
I am so excited because I just got my little notice from Etsy that my bedding is in transit. Ooh, you ordered bedding on Etsy. What kind of bedding? Well, actually, I d- yeah. Well, I kind of ordered bedding on Etsy. I She's making me some pillow shams. This oh. woman, I'm going to link to her. Um, I, when it comes, I'll put it on Instagram because I'm so excited about this bedding. I've been talking about this for like four years. Um, and so she's made me this really pretty applique monogram bedding. And then I also ordered, I wanted a coverlet, not a duvet cover which is very hard. So I ordered a coverlet, had it sent to her. She's putting a monogram on that and she's making me matching shams. And I'm so excited that because just to, just to put this in perspective, again, we live in Phoenix, Arizona. It's pretty darn hot here. Um, when we were first married, my husband was in the military. We were stationed in upstate New York and it was fall, which in upstate New York fall is like the coldest winter day ever in Phoenix. And so we went and bought like, you know how you can buy down comforters with varying level of heat? You know, we bought yeah. like the Def super winter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and it's just way too hot and it doesn't work for our room and it doesn't work for our climate. So I'm very excited to have new climate appropriate bedding finally coming my way. That is exciting. I like that. Yay. All right. What is going on with you? Because <laughs> we haven't heard enough about you. We haven't heard enough about me. Tell me a little more about you. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the vein of self-indulgent. What's going on with me? You go first. What's going on with me? Um, I'm just thinking about others like my best friend. There you go. I've taken up two new hobbies, which are going to make me sound completely frivolous and ridiculous, but I'm actually... Oh, say bridge, say bridge, say bridge. Bridge. (laughs) 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 I am, and I'm not telling you. I mean, if if I could take a picture of this room, it's fabulous. I mean... I actually go to a bridge club um, and I it's just wonderful. And we we learn and um, it's so hard. It is so hard. I'm telling you, people who play bridge, just when you hear about them, just give them a standing ovation if they play bridge well, because it is a tricky game and I don't understand anything I'm learning. And I feel stupid and silly, you know, because I'm trying to keep up with this stuff, but I just it's hard. But I like it because I feel challenged. You know, anytime anytime I try something new, um, you know, it's I leave feeling very refreshed so I you know I'm mocking you because I do feel like it is such an outdated game I mean my parents met playing bridge in college really you're kidding me yeah um and but but everybody who plays it says like it is such a good mind workout like it it, you have to think and it's so you know and what you know every time we play card games especially as a family now that our kids are getting older like it is a very enjoyable way to like have a family night or have time with friends so kudos to you for trying bridge the problem with bridge is you get burned with bridge how did you get that little you, oh, like, <laughs> like I'm burning bridges with you, no, making fun of your bridge play? No, you have to have four people, right? I mean, some games like War or Crazy Eights or whatever, I mean, these low barrier to entry games. I mean, not only do you have to have four people, but you have four people who specifically know how to play your type of bridge. I mean, it is, it is really like you have to double. I mean, you don't just go around and say, who wants to play bridge with me? Right. Like you have to really lock it in to the people who know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like people had their bridge partners and it was sort of like... A very right. big deal. It's a big deal. You don't just go willy-nilly and play bridge. You, okay, can I ask you a question, though, just to see if my bridge stereotyping is right? Um, do How old are the, are the people playing bridge oh, significantly older than you? We bring down the median age in our class. Wait, who's we? Me. Do you have other people your own age playing bridge with you? Yes, I have two other girlfriends who are doing it with me. Um, and we are probably a bit younger than the rest of the clientele. But the truth is, like, they're schooling us. I mean, oh, they they are all over it. So we are we are the dunces of the class. Well, okay. 
I like but it. It's, been fun. it's, it's different. It. It's different. <laughs> but you know what? I'll, maybe, I mean, I don't know. These things, maybe they're cyclical. Maybe Bridge will be back. I like, I think it's cool. I would like to, I would like to learn too. I just don't have time. Yeah. I don't um, know if I do either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you find the time, Graham. Um, okay. So what's going with me is our school auction. Well, it'll have just happened by the time this show airs, but for right now, it's Friday. And I just love our school auction. It's really fun. It's just one of the volunteer activities involved with our kids' school. And, you know, we should do an, an make another note. We should do one on hobbies because I'd like to dig more into what made you decide to do bridge. Oh, wait, you said you had two hobbies. Oh, I've been playing. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Tennis as well. I mean, tennis and bridge. I know. <laughs> shut it down. Shut it down. I can hear how terrible it sounds coming out of my mouth. Um, but I'm but I'm learning new skills. That's the thing. I am learning new skills. And if someone asks me to do something, I will say yes. And I'm enjoying it. And I'm learning something new. And, you know, it's just it's something to try. I say never say never. It's the key to happiness. Right. Always try new things. Right. Always try new things. Always be improving. There's something to be said for that. But yes, let's do have a whole other episode on on hobbies because because tennis, we could really unpack that. Because every time I play tennis, I'm like, you know, this is really fun. The weather's nice. This is so much better than sitting on an elliptical, staring at a TV screen. Like, this is great. But I do feel like you can't play tennis casually. Like, if you're going to play tennis, like, you are going to play tennis. And it's a lot of time. And I don't know if I'm wrong on that. But No, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> and people, like, people get really, which I understand. Like, that's fun. If you're really into something and, you know, it's like, it's like running. Like when you start running, you're like, oh, I, I like to run. I like to be around runners. You know, like I get into it. I'm in a race, blah, blah. So and but I just I don't it's like I'm scared to even start tennis because I'm scared that I don't have the time. Um, but anyway, yeah. So what's new with me is our school auction. And it's really fun. And um, another episode we should probably do is on volunteering because I just feel like I've made friends through volunteering and gotten to know the school better. Um, you know, just every time you you give a little bit of your time, uh, it just makes it a sweeter experience. So. I like it's auction genius. time. It's fun. And it's yeah, a fun theme like this you're... year. It's caddies and clubs. It's like a caddy shack theme, which is really caddies fun because you get to put on silly golf clothes. And Well, at least it's not pimps and hoes. Um, <laughs> on that note, I hope everyone enjoyed today's episode. I think this is a fun exercise. If anyone wants to try it, just think about what's most important to you. Um, start high, go low, um, and just kind of see where it takes you. Just like a snapshot of life. Anything else, Kirsten? Um, no, I think we've discussed everything in the world. Uh, we will be <laughs> legitimately everything in the world. Um, we'll be taking uh, applications, visa applications for anyone interested in living in Experimentville with Graham and I. We're opening opening to all, so all suggestions are welcome at Experimentville. Okay. I love welcome you. Home. See welcome you later. Home. Have a fun trip. Welcome home. Welcome home.